So just a heads up, this episode has strong language, and if that offends you, if you have kids nearby and you don't want them to be exposed to things like taboo words, you might want to skip this one. Uh, Nate, this episode is on censorship. Do you do you have any uh, uh, stories of maybe when uh, you experienced the weight of, of using taboo words and what that feels like in a group setting? <laughs> I'm uh, guessing you do. <laughs> Sherwood's putting out this new record. I'm going through old hard drives of videos, and I find a video off of my old iPhone of my friend's bachelor party. And nice. he he's... Singing around a fire, he's swaying back and forth. There's like 10 dudes, and he's singing about masturbation. <laughs> like freestyling? He's just going, oh, masturbated into my underwear. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Everyone's <laughs> laughing, right? And Bachelor what? parties are, are, are taboo, and bachelorette parties are super taboo, too. I mean, with all the yeah. penis jokes and everything. So, I mean, that's in the, in the context of, uh, of the party itself, totally fine. Yeah. Everyone's enjoying themselves. Everyone's has a little few beers, a few whiskeys. Everyone's around the bonfire. It's a great time. <laughs> but it's not a great time when you think you're in iMessage on your computer sending that video to just one person when you realize it's connected to 25 other people for his birth announcement of his new baby. Oh, <laughs> no. I dropped the video in this text. <laughs> There's and the no way... take backs. Oh, gosh. The way that the iMessage was set up, I could just see his name. And so I just dropped it in real quick and didn't even oh, think, kept going. No. And then I look at it and I'm like, no, there's 25 other numbers. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> right? How did so, you deal? How did you handle that? So it starts to send. I slam my computer down before it goes through. And I'm like, okay, iMessage, don't send this. Don't send this video out. No, please, God, no, don't let it go. <laughs> I'm like, disconnected from the internet, shut my computer down. I'm like, crap, it's like in the system though. Like, how does that work, right? So then I looked at my phone, nothing went through. And about 10 minutes later, I'm pacing the backyard. I look at my phone and it went through. And I was like, how the hell did it go Trust through? Trust the old iMessage. They've, oh, gosh. They're going to make sure they deliver your message. Dude, for two hours, I had the worst feeling in my stomach. I was like, I can't believe it. He's going to hate me. I, I did people, were people like grossed out or? or... Nobody responded. Oh, even more. And he just texted me back a couple of days later. He's like, I think Amy, as his wife, saw it. You're a dum-dum. <laughs> he goes, and then I talked to him like a couple weeks ago. We finally connected, and he's like, if you did that every day, we probably wouldn't be friends, but I don't care. <laughs> that's very gracious. That's, Dude, he was super cool about it. I, was, I felt so bad. Well, I mean, I like, and that's the thing. Is like you're, you're, it's, it's more of like a self, like, oh, no, what have I done, as opposed to like outside people imposing the censorship on you or whatever. But anyways, taboo. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about censorship. Yeah. Yep. And the weight of taboo words or topics or attitudes. Uh, Nate, when we were setting up this podcast on iTunes, I could either select clean or explicit. Yeah, and I think we had a little conversation about we it, We did, right? and I, I selected explicit because even though like we don't cuss all the time or anything like that, I just wanted to have the freedom to be sincere and not have to go through and like, you know, edit ourselves and worry about what people might be yeah. appropriate or not. Like, I just wanted to be free to talk, to be ourselves. And yes, sometimes we choose to use slang words. Yeah, and I thought that would limit our audience too. I thought people would hear one cuss word and be like, ah, I don't want to listen to this podcast. Yeah, and maybe that that could be true in, in some cultures and some subcultures. Maybe the words that we use are offensive and they don't listen. I think that's okay. You cannot be for everybody. But there's something to be said yeah. about about sincerity. Uh, like this Harvard Science Review did a study and they said swearing is not always ev evoking negative emotions. Swearing itself can also be a cultural phenomenon. The willingness to break a cultural taboo in front of others creates an atmosphere of informality and a sense of community. And that's kind of yeah. what I was like, is if we broke some of these cultural taboos, it would be informal. We could be a little bit more vulnerable. And we could be real, which I'm I'm most convicted about in life. 
I mean, obviously, we don't want our podcast to sound too tailored, too edited, too sure. too perfect. And sometimes when you're saying something, you need a you need a good word. You need a good explanation. Yeah, or emphasis, sorry. emphasis. Yeah. right. I mean, even legally, we have the FCC, and so we have to denote that our podcast can be explicit. And then if some people are a little um, miffed by us having that big ready on the podcast, but someone I remember, wrote that on our iTunes, by the way. They did. They wrote like, "I want to like the podcast, but." They used they cuss they cuss or something like oh, that. And I was like, but it was funny because it was like a positive and negative. It was like, right. I like it, it's great. But we had the conversation initially because we were doing troll of the of the day, and we were reading. Oh a, yeah, somebody trolling mm-hmm. online in this yeah. circumstance was using a lot of expletives, which I read. I read his actual quote, and then when I got the edit back from you, you bleeped yeah, it out. I did. Which I did. Uh, you know, to some extent, I found was funnier. I think bleeps are funnier because it's <laughs> they it, can be. Yeah, it implicates the listener the listener fills in the blank in their own head and they kind of get to be in on the joke or whatever and i think that there's something funny about bleeps but i remember we had a conversation because i was like nate i don't want to be editing all the bleeps out like i I well that's your that's your persona that's your personality like this is why i started the podcast with you because your facebook is just like direct stream from your brain onto the internet (laughs) You don't edit yourself. You don't censor yourself. And I'm no, totally man, censored. I have been censored and I do self-censor. And I'm, Not that but, much. Not compared well, to like me. Like no. I didn't want to do it because I thought my parents are going to listen to this and go, I can't believe our son. He's I, so, yeah. Well, I, you know? here's the thing. I hate self-censorship. I understand that in some yeah. ways, yeah, yeah, there's professionalism and there's formalities in certain circumstances. And you, you don't want to use casual, coarse, you know. But you started language. a band so you didn't have to wear a suit and tie every day. Right, right. right. And But the problem is, is we started a band in an industry where it was kind of censored as far as what we could say or um and here's and what's even more ironic here's the thing being in a t- band taught me how to tie a tie how about that <laughs> i didn't know how to tie a tie until we had to look nice on stage <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, you were on Tooth and Nail Records, photos. which obviously yeah, you I had. Know. I mean, we had a little bit more of the censorship as far as what our band would. But what? But what about our parents? I mean, you mentioned that when you were like, you wanted to bleep yourself out. You said something funny with the F word, and yeah, and I was like, Nate, do not do that. And you're like, but I just, I don't know. I don't want my parents to hear. I'm like, Nate, yeah, yeah. you're 35 years old. Like, yeah. and that's the thing about censorship is like, it is oftentimes this imposition. It's imposed upon us by others who have deemed certain things acceptable and, and, and other things not. And there's yeah. this list and we have to adhere to it. And if we don't, we are acting with outside outside of the bounds of what they deem. And it is the generation previous to us that sort of sets these rules. And often, well into our 30s, uh, we feel obligated to adhere to them. I mean, obviously, you and I grew up in the church, so that's we could talk about that this whole entire podcast. Right. Like, people are so shamed into saying certain words, and that's all they can hear. You know, every single time it happened in, when I was in high school, because I went to a Christian private school, you know how many times teachers would accidentally say something, and then right. it was like, it was like the quote of the month. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Mr. Gluck said sex instead <laughs> of set. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids just loved it. They well, ended up, it was like yeah. the word drop, like... Uh, yeah, the more like emphasis you put on not saying something, the more the more power you give it, the more yeah, value yeah, yeah. you give it. So it's like yeah, you know, you put a red button on the wall that says "Do not touch," and everyone wants to push it, and yeah. then it becomes even more of a big reaction when people do push it because it's, yeah, it's like you so can't even off just, limits. Yeah, can't even have a flub without people <laughs> freaking out. And if your pastor accidentally dropped an f bomb or, or yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, on stage, and they would get probably booted out of the church well but in some sense i mean some some churches the willingness to break the cultural taboo as that harvard science review article said it does create an atmosphere of informality and a sense of community so people can kind of strip away like okay we're not we're not pretending anymore we're not projecting we're not performing we're at this base level now together in this tight community so what does it really matter like why why do you really want to talk about this how is cuss words or censorship like a good podcast. Well, That's really know. what I want to know. Well, because we do use words, but also um, on our podcast, um, and we, we have experienced a little bit of backlash. You know, like you said, we, we've experienced more censorship in our lives simply because of our conservative religious upbringing. 
And, uh, you know, the list of forbidden words and behavior was pretty long. And, you know, I also experienced a lot of it while in a band on a label whose distribution income depended on being able to ship records to yeah, yeah. Christian bookstores. So some people will only um, purchase or read things that have been deemed clean or curated. I understand the intent of that, but I think the result is often not as good as it could be desired as far as when it comes to art specifically like we should be looking and and interpreting all art to be um for its value and not necessarily what you're kind of like a french nude beach (laughs) you just don't don't care you just hang it out there and people should get over it well i mean and that's not for everybody yeah i don't know i mean but in some senses if people walked around naked all the time nobody would care like you said right well yeah you take away the yeah you really take away the novelty of it and then people want to use it less Uh, science mike said in a in an episode on his podcast in countries that are less restrictive with words the use of taboo words is lower so in our country where we have a long list of taboo words where we have post-puritanical society that is a little bit more restrictive than, say, European countries. We actually use the words more. But I worked at a construction site when I was in high school and an automotive shop in high school, and those dudes used more cuss words than anything. It was almost like that's all they knew. So there's that side of it, too. Like, sounds uneducated. It sounds ridiculous. I'm just like, do you know more than five words? Because you just... F and F and F and yeah, F and F and F. He's just like, I don't know. So there's that side of it. I and read I can somewhere see pe- too that someone said uh, people who use cuss words a lot have a lower uh, pain threshold. <laughs> weird. Yeah, it's a weird thing. So like, you know, you, you bump sense. yourself and you you cuss expletive. Um, <laughs> but anyways, today we're going to talk to Mike Herrera of the band MXPX, uh, a punk band that meant a lot to Nate and I when we were teenagers um, because they gave voice to our teenage angst and... Our parents let us listen to them because they had, quote-unquote, clean lyrics, right, Nate? Oh, yeah, man. You remember those clean lyrics? Teenage (laughs) politics, dude. We were just (laughs) too confusing. Teenage politics, it's too confusing. Politics, politics, it's too confusing. Teenage politics, it's too confusing. Politics, politics. Oh, yeah, we were just so confused. Man, I loved MXPX in high school. It's kind of a big deal talking to them on the show because, I mean, I would say Mike Carrera and Reese Roper are the reasons I wanted to be a singer in a band. Wow. Solely. Well, MXPX pioneered the scene in the 90s um, that my band, The Classic Crime, entered into in the mid-2000s. We were both signed to Tooth & Nail Records, and I figured if I felt censored by the greater industry, not necessarily Tooth & Nail, but by the industry that circulated um, and shipped records to Christian bookstores and and propagated, you know, songs to, you know, Christian hit radio and stuff like that. I I just feel like Mike would have some insight into what it was like in the early days, especially in like 94, 95, 96, when, you know, he was kind of pioneering the scene. So we are excited to talk to him and talk about what censorship means to us, if it works, and where it's going. So let's kick off episode 12 of Don't Feed the Trolls, which is going to be a fucking fantastic discussion (laughs) on censorship. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) There it is. There it is. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Nate. And we want to welcome you to Don't Feed the Trolls. A podcast where we discuss trending topics, art, and culture. Through the lens of our experiences touring the world and creating art vocationally. We hope to bring topics out of the minefield of the comments sections. And into the sphere of reasonable dialogue. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Don't Feed the Trolls, where Nate cusses for no reason. Uh... (laughs) And I hear about it later. You're going to email us. <laughs> Your mom's going to text you about it later. Oh, yeah. Honey. Uh, but first, Patreon. Nate, Patreon. Dude, we're getting a ton of support from people. It's pretty awesome. Right, right. We're up to what? 34? 30, 34 now? 34. Yeah, 34. And a huge thanks to you guys. Want to read the new names? Yeah. you're I better at reading read things sure. than I am. Yeah. Uh, we've got this week, we've got uh, a special thanks to Brad Freeman, Ben Miller. Krista Simandl, Kathleen Stickle, Tim Ellis, Rachel O'Dell, and Buzzy Wise. And I think see, even, it's not easy to read. It, it is right? hard. It, 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 especially <laughs> when you don't practice. Buzzy, I Buzzy mean, actually supported us at the. He's our highest supporter right now, and so we actually we have to create a a, a private Facebook 
um, group where we invite him and then we can discuss our topic ideas with him and he can weigh in on that. Also, we got to record a video, Nate. Oh, so, cool. Uh, we, we'll, we'll drop a video thanking Buzzy in our uh, Facebook page soon. Thank you, Patreons. We'd be terrible substitute teachers reading the <laughs> class list every day, but we can read your names on this podcast if you keep supporting the show. So, Chick-Wellen. Exactly. Uh, go yes. to patreon.com slash don't feed the trolls to find out more. We've got a bunch of bonus content and perks there. If you want to consider uh, supporting us at even $1 a month, you get all that. Calm all right. So are we ready minutes. to bring on Mike from MXPX? Uh, let's do that. Welcome to the podcast, Mike Carrera, frontman of MXPX, Tumble Down, and host of uh, the Mike Carrera Hour podcast, which I was happy to be a guest on a few months back. Uh, welcome, Mike. How you doing? I'm great. Great to uh, be on the, the show, guys. We're kind of talking about censorship from the outside, like people imposing on us their um, sense of what we should be like. And I feel like you would have, Mike, maybe a some inside information in that being that you come from both the punk rock world, uh, which is very anti-censorship. And then also, you know, you, you got signed very young to a pseudo Christian label, which was very, I mean, there were limits to what we could say in our songs if we wanted them to sell. Did they directly right? tell you guys you couldn't, couldn't say things? You're talking about tooth and nail records back in the day right. when we got signed. Back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it never, it did come up a few times. There were, there were certain songs they wanted us to do, say on, on the, on the cover album. We did, mm-hmm. like a, we did, I think we covered like a Petra song and an Ultra Boys song. And it's not that we didn't like those songs. Like I, they just suggested, you know, something very Christian, I guess. Right. <laughs> It'll help sell. Yeah, yeah. So, it, and it's funny, and it's like, for me, I was always so easygoing that I was like, I'm willing to try just, yeah, that's cool. I'm, whatever. I'm, that's a good idea or whatever. I didn't really think of it as how are people going to see me a- until right. much later. Um, I did learn mm-hmm. that lesson eventually. And that's the thing about censorship or or even profanity is is – we have rights to to say what we want a lot of times, especially in this country. Uh, but at the same time, there's repercussions. There's there's um, right. yeah. So social so, yeah. pressure. So well, yeah. I mean, I guess it de- depending on what you're actually saying. You know, you could get fired from a job. You could right. post post something on Facebook that's threatening and get arrested from right. from actual yeah. text texting words, texting, Mm -hmm. you know, a threat. Yeah, that is true. So, I mean, times are changing. You have to kind of look at that definition really in in modern times. It it sounds modern to me, but maybe it's just what I'm putting onto that definition. So Right. You know, you said profanity. I kind of have like a different definition of profanity versus slang. Like to me, um, you know, poop is slang for fecal matter. So is shit. It's all in the same slang category. But I say, but if I, I say, I think the most scientific term is scat. Scat, scat, <laughs> scat. come on. But, <laughs> but if uh, yeah, scientific, that's like raccoon turds or or some animal actually. <laughs> scat, that's that's yeah. a real yeah. Anyway, it's, go it's, ahead. A, it's like a more useful <laughs> I that at science camp. Useful shit is scat. But also, if I say that same word, which is a slang word against somebody, so if I say you're a piece of shit, Mike, in my definition at least, be considered profanity. It's profane. It's against somebody. Profane. Right. All so, right. so, so, so I, I wrote a joke actually for this occasion. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> you know, I'm for fanity. I'm profanity uh, to do. Sh- but I was thinking about that word, and I was like, "Well, pro. You know, you're obviously profane. But w- what is fane? Right. <laughs> is there a definition? I didn't get that far. I didn't Google. Right. <laughs> the research didn't go so deep. No, Nate, Wikipedia I was like, uh, asked what fane means. I'm taking this too seriously. I wrote a pro joke. Profane. Censorship, profanity, taboo. These are things that shift over time. Obviously, our laws are constantly changing, you know, depending on, on sometimes very obvious uptick in let's tweak the system. Let's make things better for everybody. Then there's the other which I call like uh, social laws, laws that kind of are meant to control what people are allowed to do with uh, all the threats we seemingly have. I don't know how real or how, I mean, it's real, but I don't know how real to every our everyday life it is, but it's starting to become an excuse a lot of times for censorship, for right. ar- arresting people for any little thing, for shooting somebody when you, see, you know, without even seeing if they have a gun, you know. 
Right. My buddy's a photographer in D.C., and uh, he said basically now Obama hires all his photographers. They don't even let the outside press come in really at all and shoot stuff. They basically have their own, <laughs> yeah. like, like, like he's a rock star, and they have their own photographers, you know. And he he always talks about it how just it's a bummer because the freedom of the press, you just can't take photos, and uh, seems like it's becoming more and more of an issue. And I can I, I can see both sides. I can see why you want to control your content, but at the same time, should be able to have anyone take a photo, right? I don't know. Right. Yeah, I guess it. I guess it kind of depends on if it's if you work for the people for taxpayers. I think. That's definitely true. Um, right. The press should be yeah. allowed to to investigate and to have interviews. And, and it's just yeah. funny how people squirm out of things and want to control the image. We want to control uh, what people see. And with mm-hmm. social media, that's definitely harder if you don't have a plan, if you don't have a, right. a thought behind what you're doing. And people right. get into trouble, like pay, uh, posting. There was a story that came out where this guy... Uh, was filming himself probably on Snapchat or something. He was going through an illegal stop and then rolling through it, passing by a light, like through a corner. But he, you know, it was an illegal thing. It was kind of a small infraction, but he was kind of rubbing it in the face of of the authorities, you know, like by posting this on Facebook or wherever he posted it. And they actually went out and arrested him. And he's just so confused. Like, how is this possible? It's like, actually, you posted the evidence online. And this comes to like privacy rights and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I know we're getting um, a little off off censorship. Right, but it's all it's all we're getting a little Edward Snowden. It's all over pretty here. related because <laughs> it, because it's really it's it's really about a community of people, whether it be the general public or like a subsection of it, that are defining what what you can and cannot do, what you can and cannot say, and how much I guess freedom you can have. Yeah, but we grew up in a you know we grew up in a very conservative religious reality where just even saying a word not even against anybody you know if you stubbed your toe and you said damn it get a spanking on top of that you you do a reality (laughs) show of the duck dynasty and you got a crazy old uncle george just saying whatever and then they ban him off the show or whatever i mean what do you expect you know like (laughs) it's such a crazy guy you know what i mean i that i always laugh at that it's like of course they're gonna be they're down in louisiana doing who knows what i mean it well reality tv i mean we don't need to go into that but it's obviously completely false and and, right and they're really trying to crap they're trying to craft their image uh, to sell a product and, and right. that's censorship in a, in a lot of ways but it almost it's like curating mm. a product so you only see what sells or what it what it is that appeals to you as, as a demographic right. but uh, censorship mm. man I got a funny uh, an interesting story about like kind of learning about the world uh, the first time MXPX went to Germany we we played this sort of it was definitely hooked up somehow through either Tooth and Nail or our, our, our booking agent. We fly over there for this Christmas festival. It's like a rock festival. And it was a great experience. Had an awesome time. Went through the town. Uh, there was lights everywhere, booths with food. And of course, you can legally drink there. So we were drinking in this in this uh, jazz bar where these guys were just jamming all night long, just jazz, like instrumentals and just going crazy. And it was just like a whole new experience. Like, wow, we're like really on the other side of the world right now. And at the festival, there was this super gutter punk looking dude with this jacket with spikes. And on the back of his jacket, huge says, fuck Satan. (laughs) (laughs) My world was like topsy turvy and my eyes lit up and we're just like, that's amazing. Like this is, this is, are people like this is people that think for themselves and don't let single labels and cultures like we can get outside of that a little bit outside right, the yeah, petri yeah. dish so that was a huge uh step forward for me in- inside my mind you know i had a long way to go still i was 18 but sure sure but you kind of realized maybe that you could be religious in a way or have some sort of faith and but also be unrestricted the, the yes, that, that was the first thing I thought of. And I think now looking back, I think even further than that, it was just the fact that different cultures view different words differently and right, different right. ideas differently. And yeah. uh, what's bad to you may not be bad to somebody else just because of the fact that you grew up where you were told it was bad. So that right. that was like the, the larger thing I kind of took away from it beyond that. Um, yeah. And, and today, you know, I, you have to use, you have to discern 
what's more important, your pride as an individual, you want to say fuck, shit, cock, whatever. Sure. But there's times where you shouldn't do that. And there's times where, obviously, I have a, I have a family, I have a daughter, and take yeah. her to school. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, yeah, this is fucking cool. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. I, I'm a real cool guy. But at right. the same time, there's nothing yeah. wrong with saying that word, but it's all right. where and who in front of. Well, and- that, there's nuance there, but it's also who you want to attract. For mm-hmm. us in our podcast, we wanted this podcast to be for everybody, and there's something to be said about creating an atmosphere of informality and a sense of community with using being able to be free to use those words. You know, we grew up in a, in, in a world where we everything we had to do had to be safe, quote unquote, for the whole family, which I don't think is reality. I think a lot of things are unsafe for, for young kids and they're still quite valuable, especially for adults. So yeah, it's a crapshoot uh, in that. Yeah, respect. it's context. But that's a, that's a <laughs> good it's funny qu- because I would say MXPX to me pushed me in high school like it was sort of that leather jacket you know, that said fuck Satan on it for me, kind yeah. of where I was, pushed the boundaries of like the very conservative environment I was in. You know, I would get in trouble for wearing your shirts and stuff. <laughs> that, that's a, an interesting perspective. You know, like that, at, that, I mean, because, yeah, that's really cool. I mean, we, cause, I always yeah. felt like we were a little subversive and to the, to the actual like punkers, like bad religion type, you know, fans that hate religion. Right. We, we yeah. were always very much simple and in which we are simple songs i mean we're punk we're a punk band but you know for me it was just about the just reaching in and and writing down everything i didn't understand about life which was so much mm-hmm. you know and, and that that involved a lot of religion and i was so sure about so many things writing those a lot of those songs that uh maybe i shouldn't have been sure about but i mean that's youth that's that's right. inexperience and um as a as a kid on the playground it's cool to swear. It's cool to curse and to act like you know all the words that that your older sister or brother knows. Right. Yeah. Because we all you you hear them. I mean, and, and I don't think it's that big of a deal. I heard somebody recently say that there's there's always new parenting theories. And but what do you think about the fact that your kids are gonna hear swear words? They're gonna say them, but. What's the best <laughs> way to introduce that? Are you cool with your daughter Sailor? Right. That's her name. Yeah. I love that name. Um, when are you cool with her using words to express herself that may be deemed slang or profane? Well, only because of our culture and our society. I think if you strip that away, I wouldn't care at all. But right. it's all context, like you say. Like I don't want her being mean-spirited. I don't want her tearing other people down, looking right. at others and judging yeah. them for, for their appearance. I do like her to take charge of situations, and she's three, by the way, but okay, she's very <laughs> outgoing. We'll just walk up to a stranger and just say, "Do you want to play? Do you, what's your name?" Yeah. You know, like she's super awesome like that. So I hope she doesn't lose that, you know, when she gets a little older. Right. Uh, and, and certain things can can cause that to happen, like being put down over and over and over by like other kids. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like if you teach your kids to be strong, if you're one-on-one with them, you can instantly lovingly correct it. And I'm not saying it's easy because right. it's easy for me to say this rather than do it. But I feel like with kids, they're going to hear it. It's painful. It's something that I'm ever changing my opinion on, I'm sure. Right. Um, what I had to say, if you asked about an age. Yeah. I, I, I would say because of our culture, back again, I would say... Be- <laughs> 16 i don't know like what would you say if, if she turned seven or eight or probably if now. she turned to you one day mike and said daddy you're fucking awesome <laughs> what would you say what would you say would, to that how would you respond I would smile to that? for sure I, I would, uh... <laughs> and then you would tell her honey maybe not maybe that word is maybe not yet maybe at some yeah, point when I would you're older say, yeah yeah we don't yeah. say that we don't say that when i was in first grade i was i was running around going where's the beef and I had no idea what I was saying, and we were all laughing. It's just absolutely. Where's Did the you beef? ever find? I don't it? think I knew what that was till I was like <laughs> in high school. <laughs> oh, then you What's found that? it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you were like, oh, I there's get it. the beef. <laughs> I don't get the joke. I'm Canadian. Uh, I don't get the. I don't get some of these jokes. Oh God. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being Canadian. <laughs> I'm always a little bit behind on the references, though. <laughs> I mean, now that things get across the world quicker they also don't get to everybody because you know there's so much information out there but i I know we should probably go back towards profanity swearing that's fine but you're talking about being from canada yeah and uh 
that made me think about politics and made me think about Trump, of course. Yep. Um, I don't know if you guys cover politics at all or what your listeners we do think on our, about. We do on our Trump. Facebook page. Nate's a Nate's a stream of thought <laughs> meme creator on Facebook. So did you see? I made oh. another meme about him about Willy Wonka and the debates that went really. It got forwarded around a bunch. Recently. I'll have to check. But that. yeah, uh, wh- where we make I fun of. It? If you go to Don't Feed the Trolls Facebook, they're all on there. But yeah, we make fun of Trump a lot just because <laughs> yeah, he's don't. a troll and you got to make fun of him. So. <laughs> right definitely and <laughs> don't true. feed the trolls because that's exactly what happens yeah exactly <laughs> well when, th- that reminds me of something else there, there's a uh laura jane grace from against me just released mm-hmm. the cover or maybe not the official cover but the title of her book her autobiography right is called tranny huh it's a very divisive title uh yeah that a lot of people were upset about and she got a lot of shit about she wrote a piece on her blog basically explaining why she named it that. But so, tr- trans people were mad at her? Or? Uh, some were. Not all, but some. Okay. I think there were. Yeah, I think some were. For me, it, it's it always applies. back to the best ideas should win. You know, the leaders that have the people in mind, you know. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of conflicting opinions and, and sides on like what's best for the people. But it's pretty clear that politicians generally aren't really kind of there for us. And, and right. now people finally are getting it. And it's like, it's yeah. one of those things like people have known about for a long time, but what do you really do about it, right? It just, right. after a while, there's a groundswell of enough, enough of this shit. Enough well, of this a, shit. Let's go. Gra- let's yeah. go. Enough of this there, shit. Okay. There's an, that's We're going to bleep all those out. That's Sorry. on both sides are you really? too. <laughs> No, no, just kidding. No, no Nate kidding. will not censor the censorship podcast. Um, I'm totally joking. But there's enough that there's enough of that on both sides too, because people are looking at Trump like he's this great businessman. He's not a politician. He's going to help us win. People are fed up on both sides, and they're kind of picking. Please, they're, they're picking the candidates. <laughs> yeah, that I, I mean, I, I know we don't quite agree with that method, <laughs> but you have to understand the sentiment is similar. We want a guy who's not a politician in office, even though he's completely, you know, unqualified or whatever. Uh, these yeah. politicians, it's kind of the anti-politician. But movement. see, here's the thing about Trump is like, I don't think he really wants to win. So he does just say whatever he wants because he doesn't really care because that nothing explains what he's doing. Right. I think he just well, has balls just... of steel. <laughs> Seriously, like dudes, dudes got balls. <laughs> Swings them. To be honest, I, I liked him firing people, but I don't want him in charge of, of our country. Uh, yeah. You know, if we're going to – this is a job application in a lot of ways. It's an absurd application. You wouldn't do this for a normal job. You wouldn't say the things you're saying to get the highest job in the land, the right. fucking kingship, the right. court, you know, the high court. So if you're going to get a business guy, why don't we get somebody that's amazing, truly amazing at business – Right. Like a Chris Saka, like he's an angel investor type, you know, VC right. capitalist that's that's been a part of like a, a ton, you know, there's a bunch yeah. of these type guys that have just Elon like, Musk. Elon I, Musk, pretty, yeah. Made I'm the, sure I'm sure he could solve some of our problems. Tesla, you know, he had the foresight <laughs> to put put uh, even in his electric cars now have them upgradable for the future, the very right. near future of self driving cars. And the future is here. We 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 made fun of the future in our videos, so we're we're all down <laughs> to talk about it. I hope that's the future and not the scary Donald Trump version. So yeah, yeah, self-driving <laughs> cars for sure. Tanks rolling through the streets. <laughs> that might be a better thing. Than yeah, tanks. We'll, yeah. we'll take the hoverboards. Well, I, I, you know, I have one story from being, you know, within, uh, you know, just being on Tooth and Nail where our band was kind of censored that I wanted to share and see if you had anything similar to that. About six, seven years ago, we came out with a record and on the record, I had said two words. One was whore and one was hell. I said it hurts like hell in one song and another one was uh, I, I referred to someone's behavior and said the word whore. And because of those two words... Our record was not being able to, to be shipped to these bookstores that Tooth & Nail shipped to. That at, at the end of the day, is a huge um, hit to the income of the band and the label and such. So, um, But the funny thing is, on, on the shelves of these bookstores are Bibles that contain the word 
hell and whore. But, <laughs> but for some reason, <laughs> yeah. if I put it in my art and I put it on a CD, it's profane. To me, it was just so uh, wrought with irony. I think at that point, I was just like, this industry that curates things that are safe for the whole family, quote unquote, is actually limiting people's artistic expression. So I was wondering what, what your take was on that or if you experienced anything like that before. Yeah, yeah. I, I would ask you a question, though. I mean, if you could do it again, would you take those words out? No. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Correct. Uh, yes, and that, that happened to me directly on a few things. One I can name would be we released a live album called At The Show, and it was on A&M Records, which was um, not Tooth & Nail, not part yeah, of Tooth & Nail, but, but they had the right to yeah. do their own release still at that point. Um, so they got however many copies to distribute to the Christian market, I assume. And the same thing happened. There was, uh, what they said was basically like, take out the song KKK took my baby away. And I was I like, remember that. Yeah. whatever, we're not getting paid on that song anyway. <laughs> it's a Ramon <laughs> song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay <laughs> with it. Uh, and I thought, oh, having a little different, uh, version is never a bad thing. So I always just turn it into something good if I can. Um, because it was still sold in those stores, but it's the same sentiment. It's like, what really is wrong with that song? Nothing. It's talking about, it was a interband fight. Uh, Johnny and Joey were fighting over the same girl and Johnny was way more Republican type right wing in his politics leaning. So he was kind of giving him a dig by saying he was in the KKK. You're in the KKK. And that's why all the political references are talking about right-wing stuff and the FBI. and it, well, There's just no in, context in in uh, Yeah, religion, and that's the apparently. thing is like we just take everything at face value and we don't see any context. We don't see any nuance. We don't try to get the story behind it. We don't try to think critically about what it means or who wrote it and why they wrote it. We just say, oh, they said KKK, that's bad. I felt like topically speaking – you guys were even more punk rock in a sense that like it was anti, it was, you know, you don't own me. They abolished slavery. Those types of lyrics were anthemic for us. Um, so like, you know, to, to anybody who would say that like uh, your, the cleanness of it wasn't punk rock to me was, is kind of like missing the point. Do you like, do you cuss in your songs or is that something you, that you will do um, in the future? I, I try, I mean, I, I pretty much don't in MXPX songs, although I've written songs with swear words and I've taken them out, just because there's a certain expectation in an audience that I've built up. And it's because the music's positive. But in my solo songs or tumble down songs, definitely. Because it's like right. I'm starting over. It doesn't have the MXPX name. Yes, it's me, but I swear as a person. Right. And, and I do on stage sometimes when it's because I'm I'm a real person and... For the most part, I try not to swear when I'm doing MXPX shows. I, so, I try to keep it positive and keep it fun. And Yeah, I've done that um, yeah. where I've written songs that have a harsher or coarser language for emphasis. And then I get into pre-production and I chicken out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I don't know, I know if I'm chickening out or if I'm just like, <laughs> or, or, or if my better judgment takes over. Um, it depends on your audience. I mean, it, my audience right now, like for, with my solo stuff, for the most part, I, I would say would not care at yeah. all. So, but MXPX, yeah. like but fans MXPX, from yeah, has a fans a from '97 have a certain expectation for what MXPX is, and I get that. They bring it's their kids to the show, right? So, yeah. Right. That makes sense. Oh man, this is making it hard because I'm writing a record right now that um, is not necessarily laced with expletives, but. Uh, you know, it, when I write lyrics, they come out and they just come out on the page and that's what they are. And I always do this. And then I do the editing process. You know, what I would do is I would have somebody and it's a tough it's a tough thing to answer, but I would get a second opinion because maybe you're too close to it to really know yeah, what people think. Maybe you do two versions. Maybe you try something and, and go, well, this is my original idea, but because you want your kids to listen to it or whatever, I get that. You know, so here, you know, whatever. I don't right. know. So, there's a there's a lot of different things you so ways part you of, could go. Part of the thing about this podcast, Nate and I talk about sort of. Uh, I don't know if you've read uh, the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. 
my um, most recommended book to anybody if they ask beautiful me. yeah beautiful i love that um so yeah you can speak to this now i have to read it but yeah, uh you probably should <laughs> but fear being Are you procrast- uh, procrastinating or <laughs> capital r resistance has taken over nate's uh, ability yeah. to read that book but 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 we're talking about fear being a litmus test for something that you must do and part of me thinks like when it comes to my music i feel like there's this level of fear that maybe people won't buy it or they'll write me off and i feel like that fear in some ways is an indicator that i have to uh yeah and, and what's the difference between a, a song and a podcast uh, right. it, it, it all depends on your audience like look back like people are going to listen to this are they going to be pissed or are they going to be like yeah this is exactly the way all my friends talk i mean there's going to be both probably right so warn people i think that's that's the new thing to do is just let people know hey i swear sometimes just like you can just have like a two a two sentence thing right like check out this song let me know yeah we did that at the top of this podcast have people ever like sent you emails mxpx you guys did this or said this or this happened and we're never going to listen to you again because you did this thing. I'm sure it's happened to you a ton, right? Um, yeah, we've gotten a lot of corrective email. Um, I'm coming from you from a loving place, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Can I pray for you? And, no, it's the worst. Oh, man. And it's like, you don't know me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ha- they have no effect on me at all. Like, nothing. Right. They probably did a little bit here and there back in the day. but right. um, Yeah. That 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 will always exist. That that type of person, and and it doesn't. It's not even having anything to do with religion. I think just people must get into other people's business. Has that pushed you further to like being more open to like other things and getting out of the box? And yeah, I I'm so open. I just watched a video on flat Earth. I still believe it's round, but. <laughs> Spherical, Mike. Not I know. Flat. <laughs> Spherical. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Man, I was, I was, like, I was geeking out on that the other day too. I, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm open. I'm open to things. I try not to assume I know everything. I'm very much just trying to learn and grasp reality. And yeah. I realize my parents are great, but none of them knew anything what was going on. Just like right. us as parents don't really know. You know, like, who do we right. call when this happens? Uh-oh, we better figure that out, yeah. you know? So that's how I yeah, feel a lot about working, life in general and, like, Yeah, philosophy. we all have a construct MXPX fans it. are just like, he just said life in general. <laughs> 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 you know, what's funny is actually, like, I think the thing is, is when they try to censor you, they actually push you in the opposite direction and the exact opposite thing happens. Right. You just want to be less in that arena at all. So if these Christians are sending these emails like, dude, we had a Bible study and you came up and we're praying for you, man. You're never going to want to go to that Bible study ever. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> no. But they don't get that. They don't understand, you know. And, and, and I get this all the time, too. After you've toured for eight, nine years and you've just seen the world and you've seen all this stuff, you come home and you have conversations with people and you're like, oh, what we were able to do and see and experience has totally changed us. And we didn't even, I didn't even realize it, right. you know, and you start having these conversations and people are so censored and just, they've been stuck in one town for their whole life. Echo and, chamber. You know, yeah. There are de- small town minds. Yeah. There are definite times where I, I feel like the life I live is so, it's not that it's glamorous at all. It's just like free and I can swear I can like have those little things like saying shit, don't matter it's it like there's yeah. so many no. more important conversations and uh people to get to know and and things to experience um people really get caught up on little bitty things that ruin your day and uh so i'm just trying every day to to just let it roll off my shoulders get get some good work done enjoy my family right let the sunshine on my face Beautiful. Let the sun Love shine it. on your face, Doesn't, Nate. That's yeah. that's Nate's philosophy too. <laughs> oh yeah. I just I just let those comments on those Trump videos just shine on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hate it when people bring up the past of MXPX, like what you guys were and people telling you about the nostalgia, or is it kinda like, uh, I don't really want to talk about that? You wanna be you now? Know? My answer is no, it does not bother me. Um, I realize that people are in different places and they hear about you at different times in their lives and, and it means something yeah. to them. And and 
everybody can't be where you are at all times and they can't follow everything you do at all times. So, so whatever you can be at that time in their lives, that's what you're there for as an artist is to see the world, put your spin on it, put it back out there. And, and it hits people at different times. This this podcast, this conversation will hit people at different times. Right. Yeah. You know, they'll be working out. They'll be at work. They'll be on a walk. Uh, whatever it is, cleaning. And depending on what that is could change how they feel about this conversation. So, I mean, I feel like music is that for me. And the times, hmm. the times we've made big impacts on people are just huge stepping stones for, for me as well. So uh, it's a good reminder. It's a good way to realize that you never know when you're really making a big difference in somebody's life in a lot of different ways, in ways that you really never know because you're only inside your own mind. People are just out there living their lives. So yeah, it does not bother me. That was you for me at a certain point in my life where I was listening to your guys' music. I probably know MXPX songs better than any other artist, like lyrically. And... (laughs) I, I still know a lot of the lyrics, and it's it it was just great for me. I did go to this private Christian high school. It, it was really repressive, but it was just good to be able to be like, no, I I like these shows. I'm going to these shows. I'm having fun. I'm singing songs, and it inspired me to go then start a band. And then we got signed and traveled, and because I saw you doing it, and I thought, hell, I can do it too, you know. And uh, yeah, so you never know. Like that, that's exactly what Mike's saying. You never know. We have to be tasked to create things and to do things because you never know what seeds get planted in different people at different times. Like, like Mike, you were saying, people having, you know, people receiving whatever the content is, and some people are going to reject it, and that's okay. But some people are going to accept it, and it's going to be it's going to plant a seed, and you never know. Your band could get be like Nate and get signed to MySpace Records and <laughs> and then they're going to be like what year was later. this recorded <laughs> <laughs> so that's I have a so question funny. about it's MXPX like... from from your guys perspective i mean yeah I, four questions well four four words what was it was it mo- the most that maybe you remembered or what got you to listen to something over and over um was it lyrics? Was it the hooks, like the melodies? Was it the style, like how fast it was? Or was it the branding, like the Poconacha Punk face, something easy to remember? Hmm. Is there anything that sticks yeah. out on why you you liked it? Was it just something to rebel against that was acceptable? Is it that simple? I think. Are we that lucky? Yeah. <laughs> uh, man. Just kidding. Dude, I have to put myself back a little bit. There were there other because... bands that, that sort of like did punk skate punk but you see know, we but were we were church scene and we didn't have like other church bands in fact i mean there yeah were, there no were the it wasn't it was different there was, there was uh one bad pig i i think there was something magical about life in general where it was like it dropped into the river at the right time and it just took off like it it ran through all the a certain age of people that i was hanging out with like that record was a big record for everybody and it could be some of the production like it was really well done and the energy was there i remember that record was just louder and better than a lot of the other records coming out at the time well i'm thankful mike Uh, you didn't cuss in any of your records back then because um everything was curated for me and i wouldn't have been able to hear it so maybe that's the answer i'm looking for with the classic crime stuff but i don't know i mean I'm surprised it's a, it's they, thing I they, struggle with. I'm surprised they let you hear the angst. I mean, I think slowly going the way of the buffalo was pretty angsty. My mom and I did get in a fight where she did backhand me in my braces and <laughs> I over over listening to MXPX in the car. So it was still punk rock enough to piss them off. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> my mom would like turn my mom would turn it down and be like, This is just noise and then uh and then I'd turn it back up and she'd turn it down and then I, oh, at one point she um she backhanded me in the face. Wow. I have a similar story about Willie Nelson, but. <laughs> and it was my sister in a seatbelt buckle. Oh, man. Ouch. That's brutal. That was the beginning of my musical career. Wait, were you defending Willie Nelson or was she? Well, I was actually singing on the road again and just driving the you know just driving her crazy and she just couldn't take anymore and and she swung the seatbelt connected boom this is the first memory i have actually it's the first memory i remember is is is, everything was dark before that and then she lit you up true so much joy so much joy and pain all in the same interaction they're always commingled 
Yeah, so I mean that kind of like started me out wanting to wanting to prove them wrong. Like, no, I am a good singer. And so I kept singing. People are always saying, you can't do that, and we're saying, yes, we can, and we will, and watch us. Mm-hmm. And that's the mentality yeah. that it really is happening. And so when it comes to censorship, it's really hard for me when, when this outside group is, is imposing it upon me, saying, you can't say that. It's really hard for me not to respond and go, yes, I can, and I will, and watch me. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just, that's I try- what I want to do. Yeah. I, you know, one thing I've learned from experience is trying to be pragmatic and, not letting my pride and my my ethic, even ethics. I mean, hmm. it's if I can even say that, I would say sometimes you have to just you kind of have to retreat in a lot hmm. of ways. And and with language and the culture we live in today, especially the online culture and how things can get misconstrued very easily, right. like somebody that gets accused of child molestation or anything like in that realm, you're fucked, right? Yeah. Jared sure. from yeah. Subway is a pretty good right. example, but he actually did it. Right. Piece right. of shit. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. And I guess what I'm saying in a larger sense is uh, just even the, the local authorities or just the government, don't be scared of things, but be be aware that our world is a very oppressive place if you get in the wrong unlucky situation and your right. your, your mm. words can put you in those situations this girl tweeted the other day president bush gave her a tip and then she posted the, a photo and she said bush did 9-11 but he left a great tip or something like that what god and, and it was just a joke right yeah. and it went viral did and she, 9-11 it, bush did 9-11 you know like conspiracy <laughs> theory yeah. kind of joke yeah. You know, yeah. and and she's she had to do an interview. She's like, I didn't expect this tweet to go all over the world, but it had like a little viral session. Yeah, in, that in, was in, like the lady who who made a joke. Oh yeah, like I'm going to Africa. Hope I don't get what was the disease that was going around Ebola or something. Like yeah, that? yeah. Hope I don't get the Ebola virus. You know, she's just joking or whatever. Oh, and then she says she mentioned something like, oh, I won't get it because I'm white. Oh my god. And she was yeah. basically, she was making fun of white privilege and just ignorance, but people don't yeah, get the sarcasm. Right. By the time she, her plane landed, it had blown up. It was national news and everybody oh, in the world hated her based on just taking it, taking her, her words. I think I remember this. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. Or people get kicked off planes all the time. Okay. Like, yeah, there were two guys in the UK that tweeted, like, we're going to America. We're going to tear this shit up or something like that. And the NSA pulled them aside and said, you're, they denied You're not rights going to, to America. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. And they're like, no, it's a, it's expression. It's a, it's, yeah. it's a way to say something. It's like tear it up. Like, nope, can't come in. <laughs> it's a very sensitive world out there for sure, yeah. and uh, you can just get crucified if you say the wrong. Well, you've things. given you've given me pause and a lot to think about, Mike. And you know, you as a you as the aged seer, <laughs> the wisdom comes forth unto us younger gentlemen. So we, we're we're just appreciative of you uh, taking time out of your day. Come on, talk about censorship and DIY and music. I do have I do have one thing to say though. Oh, Nate, you're always bringing us back in. All right, what is Come it? Come on. I was in San Luis Obispo. I bought a Stingray bass, right? <laughs> By the way, I did this when I was on tour with MXPX in 2007. For the first two weeks, I would just uh, pull Mike or, or Tom aside and share a really cheesy story of my you know, teenage self. But this is something I think Michael appreciate. I had a great Stingray bass. I liked it. And Dan Cook came to me and he said, you might want to consider a P bass, Nate. I just think so. (laughs) Uh... And I had this internal battle like, but, but this is the bass that you play, you know? And it was like early in our career. And I was like, so I went P bass and I was like, someday I'm going to tell my career about this. I switched over. (laughs) You traitor. It's never too late to come back. It's never too late. Back to the the rebellion. But anyway, man, we appreciate you coming on the show and uh, talking about censorship. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add, Matt, but... uh, no, I'm stoked, man. Good. Thanks for coming on, Mike. We really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And uh, we'll point people to your to your podcast as well. It's always Great. on mikeherrera.net, so you can listen to each episode there too. So sweet. Yeah, cool. we'll 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 throw that in the show notes. Excellent. Thanks, Mike. All right, thanks, guys. Cheers. Yeah, thanks so much. Take care, man. Bye.
That was Mike Carrera, frontman, bass player, songwriter for MXPX, which was clearly an uh, important, impactful band in, in Nate and I's teenage lives yeah did i sound too uh that i sound too uh, like fanboyish no you didn't fanboy too hard i mean it's like you know it's it is what it is you gotta be you 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 can't pretend that he wasn't important it's good to talk to mike about it because i always wondered you know like they had to have been hit by so many fans like don't do this don't do that yeah he seems almost like totally not even emotionally connected to that anymore like i still feel you can't be wounded by some people and their expectations of me and me not being able to live up to them i still i still feel a little bit of emotion but he seems so disconnected uh so beyond that now that he's not even he doesn't even well he doesn't care. poke the bear as much as i think you might yeah naturally want well, to. well he's he's he just does. naturally a chiller a chiller person a yeah chill, he's got a chill vibe going on yeah yeah so as long as he didn't if he didn't hate my base story then we're cool i think we're cool <laughs> I'll tweet at him and see if he tweets back. I did the same thing. All right, everybody. Well, but you weren't a bass player, were you? No, but like I did the same thing. Like, I was you a know, front man who played the bass. Yeah, I guess you're right. Switching was a big deal. Yeah. Going to that P bass. Yeah, I can tell he's like, well, you, you know. have more in common with him, I guess, in that regard. Oh, dude, I learned how to sing Sherwood songs because I sang for three years in my car. MXPX. Right. No joke. That was the one place in my car where I just let my filter down Dude, I and that. I sang as loud and hard as I, I could. I did that a lot too. I mean, I did that with my friends too with, with MXPX. So I don't know. It's just where else funny. Can you like, sing? It's funny co- going from the new kid on the block, first from the fan to the new band, where you know we were a new band touring with MXPX. So I went from fan yeah. to new band. Now I'm an old guy. Now I'm like yeah. talking to you know I'm talking to Mike like we've all been through this a similar thing together. And we're looking back on what that scene was. And yeah. it's just weird how, how life changes. And, you know, he was just doing, he was just the new kid on the block, you know, with the, with his record, you know, he's putting out music when he's like 18, you know, well, so I, they had an I, early start. Yeah. And I think to, to bring this back to Don't Feed the Trolls, I will say this. If you told me in high school, you're at the MXPX show and someone pulled me aside and said, hey, you're buying an MXPX shirt right now. Let me tell you something about it. You're going to start a band. You're going to sell some records. You're going to sign some autographs, you're going to travel the world, and you're, you're going to casually talk to Mike Carrera one day about all these experiences. <laughs> I would have looked at that guy and I'd have been like, no way. <laughs> He's like the biggest to you. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. If someone told me that at 17 years old at the Scream in Concord, California, on one of those winter nights in that warehouse, I was watching MXPX play, I would have said, shut up, dude. No way. Right? <laughs> like, it can happen. Yeah. I just interviewed casually, I hope, one of my idols growing up. It, it, it spilled over a few times, but it's great. It did. But you know what? Like, who cares? It's sweet, because... man. It's sweet. It's actually really sweet. Because guess what, Nate? You have fans. Your music has fans. Yeah. So uh, so it's just funny. It's just funny to be a fan. It's always fun to be a fan, too, because you you know what it's like. And when people come up to you at shows and they treat you that way, it's just yeah. funny to know exactly what that feels like, you know, and yeah. to know that you're just a dude and, you know, Mike feels like just a dude, but you know, that pivotal moment in our lives when we're, you know, 16 belting it out in the car. I mean, that matters. Sure. That's got a lot of nostalgia and weight behind it. And so, you know, you can't just pretend like it didn't, it, it, it no. matters. So it's cool yeah. to share that with him. And I'm sure he appreciates it. I just, I just want to tell our listeners, like, look, if you, idolize somebody now because they can do something well you can do it too right might take might take you 10 years but you can get there we got there this also relates to kind of our our aspect of of the other side here and i hope that we've represented uh all sides pretty well in this debate i don't even know if it is a debate but as far as censorship goes there are people who believe culturally different things about what words are okay and what words are not okay and um you know specifically like in in my culture, whereas we are a little bit freer of my culture, my little subculture of my friends and I, we're a little bit freer with the slang terms uh, like the F word or the SH word, <laughs> just to reference them in, in terms we all understand. Uh, yeah. We're freer with those. We are absolutely not free with like racial slurs, whereas, you know, in maybe sure. some some other some other cultures, maybe in the deep south, less free with the F and SH more free with race racial slurs or references and so we all i mean yeah there is a standard that we try to adhere to which is at least me personally 
I don't want to say things that are against people, but I also realize that sometimes the FRSH word can be offensive in a way that it feels like it's against the person hearing it. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I hear but, that. But there are people with different convictions, and that's the main point. We all come from different cultural backgrounds. We have different biases when it comes to language, different rules that we follow, and the idea is to look across at those other people, see them as different and not necessarily beneath or lower or shittier than you. Well said. <laughs> There's nothing else I can say to that. If it's attack on somebody, then I don't think it's... Right. I mean, you can say it. You can say anything you want. Yeah, I guess so. There's consequences. People aren't going to... It's not going to be received well. Right. Well, thank you guys for listening to our podcast. Yeah. Uh, this has been an awesome, awesome talk. We look forward to your um, emails. If you want to email us at don'temailthetrolls at gmail.com. Also, we have a website. You can uh, fill out a contact form at trollspodcast.com. We got another patron while we were recording. Charlene Crouch, welcome. Welcome no to way. our podcast. Welcome to our team that puts on the podcast. New patron, Charlene Crouch, uh, just pledged $5 a month. So we'll have to send her a thank you. Um, that's awesome. If you want to check out our Patreon page, it's patreon.com slash don't feed the trolls. Until next time. Don't feed the trolls. Woo!